Ah, people of the internet, EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett Long. And if you're listening to this podcast, then you're uh, hopefully fulfilling my one desire in life. You know what that desire is? That you're in the gym somewhere or you're somewhere being active. Which brings us to the second question. Why is this so long? Well, let me tell you something. Uh, I-, I didn't make the rules here. I'm just following them. And according to the great almighty God of Apple, they told me, that if you want to be successful in your day, then you have to work out for 30 minutes. Do something for 30 minutes, anything for 30 minutes, taking a walk, going to the gym. (sighs) You mind if I just sigh and just say the possibilities are endless of what you can do for 30 minutes? But you know the most important thing that you can do, regardless of whatever it is that you're doing for 30 minutes, is you can listen to this podcast. This is your one-stop shop for information, for inspiration. Ah, to get yourself up and ignite it to do something good with your life. So if you don't mind, I would like to go ahead and get this podcast started off right. Can we just go ahead and make sure that we got our mind right, right quick before we get into this? Can can we go ahead and make sure this is happening? Because you know right now it's about six in the morning. If you're listening to this when it's first released and you are just like still tired. Yeah, that's how you feel right now. But you know what? We're going to get motivated. We'll get ourselves. Woo! Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So I want to kick this podcast off today with um, a conversation I had with my homie in the gym this morning. We were talking about one thing, one thing and one thing only. And it led to other things. But it started from this one thing. How do you become a draw? Most of us don't think about being a draw. We think about what happens after we get into a particular place. For example, if you work for a company and in working for that company, you may, uh, well, let's just talk like I was talking to my homie. You may train hundreds of thousands of people in that company. But the truth be told, the company brought the people in and they presented you to the people. And the people to you. And the company is really the reason why everybody is in the place that they're in. But what happens when the people come for you? For example, the NBA now has great stars. But you watch them because of the NBA. There are not too many names at this point in time that are bigger than the NBA. Same in the WWE. There's not too many names at this point in time that are bigger than the WWE. Back in the day, you didn't go, oh, I'm going to WWE because that kid Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and all those other people are there. No, 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 no. Back in the day, you're like, I'm going to see Hulk Hogan. I'm going to see Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm going to see The Rock. I'm going to see John Cena. And you know why I'm going to see them? Because apparently they're at this WWE thing. And so if I want to see them, I got to go to this WWE thing. But now it's like, oh, I'm going to this WWE thing and maybe I'll see these people. It's, it's kind of like it's not depressing if 
our stars are not there anymore. That is what you mean by a draw. When when the people realize in the back, the, the suits, if you will, when they recognize that the ship could in some ways sink, that the Titanic could some ways, in some ways, hit an iceberg, if you are not there, that's when you become a draw. So you say, well, how do I become a draw? Well, you become the best version of you possible. You don't go in there as this employee that is looking to have them take care of you. No, you go in there as a strong influencer. I am the man or the woman around here. And it's not an attitude. It is a level of confidence, which let's just be real. It's a fine line between those two things because confidence and attitude, well, they're somewhat married together. And if you're not careful, confidence and attitude can lead to cocky. And that also screws up your draw because then the company will find a way to screw you over and make sure that you are no longer as relevant as you once or think you are. But we'll talk about that at a later date. Let's stick to our point right now of how do we be a draw? Well, number one, you have a skill that nobody in this world has. You have something to offer that nobody in this world has. And if you hone in on that one thing, whatever that one thing is, and not only hone in on it in your particular workplace, but hone in on it in other aspects of the world. For example, if you work nine to five, but you have this skill that you know you have, well, why not take that outside of the job? Go moonlight with that one thing. Go do something outside of the world that can help to make that one thing more sustainable. Because what happens is when you can do that thing on the outside of your nine to five, well, now you're bringing people into your nine to five. Let me break that down for you for somebody who may need a little bit of assistance. If you work at the Best Buy, and you are a member of the Geek Squad. Well, let me tell you something. The Best Buy is going to notice when hundreds and hundreds of people storm their store. They're, they're going to notice that kind of stuff. That, that, that does not, let me tell you something. That does not go unnoticed with the big suits. You understand what I'm saying? And when they see all these people coming in, particularly, specifically asking for you, Oh, now you have the leverage to go. Well, you know what? I can't help you right now, but my man over here, he, he's just as good as I am. He's just as talented as I am. He got you right over here. See, the suits in this culture today that we're living in, they're trying to eliminate that kind of presence because, see, they don't want to make anybody too important because if they do, then guess what? Now they're beholding to that person. So the suits are not going to really like that. But when but when you can find a way to sneak that in, oh, man, they're going to notice it. Not only are they going to notice it, but they're going to take and shield you. They're going to give you whatever you want at that point, because you know what? You're making them money. So if we can just put a pin in this, we'll come back to it later. 
But right now, I just want you to focus on what is that one thing that you think in your head is your niche, if you will. Is it niche or niece? It's niche. N-I-C-H-E. What, what is that one thing? Because that's the thing we need to know if we're going to be a successful drop in these beach. These pieces is what I wanted to say. I'm, I'm going to give you time to think about it. Give you a little break to go think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to be caught up inside your self-righteous symphony. I would rather let this go.
hope you had a little time to think while you were riding the treadmill, maybe pumping some iron, walking these streets. I don't know. You could be walking to work. Let me tell you something. Your walk to work could be your 30 minutes. Go ahead and put that, that walk app on if you if you got the Apple Watch or something. If not, go get your little fitness tracker or something and make yourself feel good about yourself. When when the people say, why are you walking to work? You could get a car. Look, I'm getting my exercise in, my chucker. Just leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, like we were talking about, what is your niche? What is that? What is that thing that's that's defines that identifies you? I wanna I wanna uh, tell you a little story. Um, one of my uh, high school jobs. My this was my third job because my first job was in high school. Uh, in 2002, yeah, I was 18. I, I got a job at Farm Fresh. Used to be on Military Highway here in Norfolk. If if you're not from Norfolk, then you won't know what that is. The building is still sitting there. But um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the second job was at a Hardee's right off down the street. Well, I mean, of course it's down the street, but maybe a mile down the street is what I want to say. And then the third job was at Pizza Hut on... 21st and Colonial. Now that place is not there anymore, but that's what we want to talk about in this story because that was the most inspirational job I've ever had, but I didn't know it at the time. And let me explain. When I was at Pizza Hut, I was um, maybe the sixth or seventh day, week or something, maybe sixth or seventh day, I want to say. I don't remember. The timeline is a blur. But I do remember what happened. The manager at the time, her name was Shirlene. Excuse me. I had a little little interjection there. She came into a meeting, Shirlene did, just in case you didn't get it through my interjection. And she said, all of you can be replaced. That was basically what she said flat out in the meeting. All of you can be replaced. Now, that made me feel some kind of way. I ain't going to lie to you. I was like, well, screw you. I don't need to be here. And somewhere between that meeting, I don't know the timeline. I, I told you, it's all a blur. But there was this dude named Kenny. Now, Kenny is somewhere in this city. I don't know where he is. But Kenny walked up to me for some apparent reason. And he said, she can replace everybody, but she can't replace us. Now, she had been walking around, Charlene had, talking about all of y'all could be replaced. And that was kind of her her uh, talking point, her main talking point in, in, in staff meetings. Was that all you could be replaced, all you could be replaced. And Kenny would always say, all you could be replaced but we can't be replaced. And I never understood why Kenny said that. Never, never understood why Kenny said that. But he said it. And then it clicked for me. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on in the podcast. Why that clicked. Why he said that we could not be replaced. But before we get to that, I want to tell you why I screwed up. At Pizza Hut. 
Pizza Hut I was making about five twenty-five an hour, somewhere in there. Actually five fifteen. I think by the time it was all said and done, it went up to five thirty. And uh I was like most poor people, I was looking at that paycheck, man. I was mad one day because I got a paycheck. It was three ninety-nine ninety-nine. Can you believe it? Three hundred. And $99.99. The government, Uncle Sam, IRS, you know them people, that family of folk, Iris, Sam, and his kid Randall, they all took my money and they could have at least left me a penny more so I could say I got a $400 check. But no. They decided not to do such a thing. They decided to strip my check down so bad that it was only $3.99.99. And I was, I could tell you, I was feeling some kind of way. I was so PO'd, let me tell you, that I walked up to the manager cussing about that check all day long to the point where she opened the drawer of the cash register. And gave me a penny and told me, shut up. That's exactly how she said it. In that kind of uh, vein, or should I say, um, what is the word I'm looking for? She didn't want everybody to know that she had just did all that cussing. So she had to, you know, hide a little bit. Shut up. You know, but you know what she said. You you got the picture. You do saying, uh-huh. Okay, cool. And so. Because I was looking at my paycheck, it forced me to uh, not see the forest for the trees. The trees being that green piece of paper. Get it? Forest, trees, money. You, you, you didn't? Okay. All right. I understand. And so I would have this attitude about myself. I would lose my perspective on what I was doing and why I was doing it. I lost my identity if I even had it in the first place because most of us, let's talk about it from a poor man to a poor man. We don't really go into a job with an identity or perspective. That's some white folk stuff right there. I'm talking about some privileged white folk stuff right there. Actually, let's not even talk about that because it ain't about race. It's about class. So that's just some privileged folk right there. Only privileged kids. Them, them Condoleezza Rice kids, them Colin Powell kids, them, them Donald Trump kids. And I know I shouldn't put both of those three in the same paragraph, but let's be called them. Rich is rich. They are the ones who are privileged enough to go into a room and not think about money. Kids that are poor, we don't, we don't go in the rooms and think about identity first. We think about money. How can I get paid? And that is how the company can strip you of your identity, which will ultimately strip you of your draw because they know you're bowed to your dollar. But if you see the forest for the trees, beyond the trees is what I want to say, then you're on your way to one, being a draw, and two, finding your identity. So if I hadn't cussed a lot, if I hadn't been this this ah, person, this evil, sadistic, always moaning and groaning, man, where would I have been? But speaking of bills, 
Speaking of money, even though I'm now in this place where I can think about money less, I still got to think about it. So I got some bills to pay. So if you don't mind, I got to take a break for that. Thank you kindly. Thank you for that that moment in time for us to, uh, you know, think about money just a little bit. You know, money solves all things. So, you know, we, 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 we can't be so identity centered that we don't remember, you know, that that important. Hey, oh, man, excuse me for sneezing in your face. But then again, this is raw and dirty. So, you know, I thought about stopping it, but I was like, they'll understand. I should have warned you it was coming, but, you know, it's kind of one of those shock things. It's like, bam, right in your face. So very sorry. But anyway, let me talk about going back to the Kenny story. Kenny, who came up to me one day after staff meeting and said, bruh, all of them can be replaced, but not us. Kenny had this mindset that I grabbed onto. I don't know what Kenny's last name is, and there's no point in knowing it because I can't share it on the podcast because, you know, then you would, like, bully him somewhere or find him and probably want to get, you know, free job tips or something. I really don't know. But Kenny and I took on this mentality based upon him. We were competing with each other. Kenny would literally run one half of the store the Pizza Hut, if you will. And I'd run the other half. And Kenny would come into work at like 11, 12 in the morning. Same as me. And we would work until 11, 12, 1, 2, the next morning. When people would come into work and they would be all moody, the management would send them home. I got Kenny and Eric to depend on. When the people wanted to show up or show out because it was their birthday, or should I say take off because it was their birthday. It's okay. You can do it. You can have your birthday off. I got Kenny and Eric to depend on, said the management. I do not remember when the last time. Actually, in my entire working career, I have never had my birthday off. Most people take the birthdays off. Their anniversaries off. Not me. I've worked like a slave my entire working career. And let me tell you why I did such a thing. Because of the Kenny factor. Kenny led me to believe, which was true, that if you outwork your competition... You push yourself farther into not being replaced. So the reality of it is, when I decided to leave Pizza Hut, it was almost like someone had died. Because by the time I checked out of Pizza Hut, 
I was counting the safe. I was opening the store. I was closing the store. The managers didn't really do anything because I was doing that. If something happened in that store, we had a manager that they they demoted. You hear what I'm saying? Because when they came in, they didn't ask, hey, um, Mark, I think this was his. No, it wasn't Mark. It was uh, some white dude that used to be a driver and then he got promoted to a manager and then he got demoted back to a driver because he sucked. But anyway, um, he would come into the store and he would do certain things and, and yell at people and scream at people. And, and then Shirlene would come in the next day and said, um, Eric, what happened? Or thank you for being here because if not, my store would have been burnt to the ground because this white man is in here yelling at these black people like they ain't got no sense. Or should I say that he ain't got no sense, but he thinks these black people ain't got no sense. And the one thing these black people got is a nine out there in the car and they come back and pop, 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 boom. I'm so glad this was during the early part of the 2000s when we won't shoot not places. Because man, if he had done that right about it now, you would have saw that Pizza Hut on a 6 o'clock news with a mass murder going on up in there. Because he was just that bad. But they fired him. They demoted him. And that's another story for another day. Because I want to talk about how my reaction to that was. But again, we're going to stick to point. So they got rid of a manager. Because we got Eric. We got Kenny. The two that will outwork anybody. And I want to give you your point, especially those of you who live in the hood. You want to get your way out? Outwork them. Your brothers and sisters are not going to come with you, but if you outwork them, you will beat them beyond all measure. Because when they want to go to the club, you're going to the job. When they want to go to the pothouse, you're going to the job. When they want to take a day off and chill and relax and watch the Super Bowl, you're going to the job. And you're going to work and you're going to work and you're going to work until you surpass them so far that when the manager comes back to you, which she won't or he won't, because he can't say that, but you'll know deep down in your gut, I can replace them, but I can't replace you. I'm going to leave you to think about that real quick, because that's when you know. <sighs> just, just, just think about that. I'm rich. I'm I'm rich, I'm 
I just want to touch on that real quick because the thing that I realized, if I can not only touch on that, but just touch on the whole Pizza Huts thing. Touch on is what I want to say, not tuck it. I guess I could say I want to tuck it. I don't really know. But let me let me just let me just clean it up a little bit. Finish finish it off as much as I can in this particular scenario because there's a lot more to this story. But for my own mindset today, this is what I want to clean up. So, um, I had a bad, bad attitude growing up. I complained a lot. I moaned, I groaned, I bitched. Let's just tell the story like it is. And the one thing that I realized that cost me in my young life was the moaning, the groaning, and the bitching. When you don't realize what you got around you, as I said before, you can't see the forest because you're looking at all these trees. You'll miss very key important pieces. It wasn't until I could sit down and look back at Pizza Hut that I realized how important I was to that particular branch of the hut. How important I was to that particular management team. As I said, they'd walk in the door, they'd go right to the back office, they'd have their little team meetings, and they wouldn't say anything to me. I was nobody to them. Now, the attitude, Eric would say, they don't make no sense. They got me up here. They don't think nothing of me. They won't talk to me. They won't come up here and see how I'm doing. They won't come up here and caress me and hug me and look at me funny. I tell me how much they love me. It's supposed to be love you, hug you, and look at you funny. I think that's what I was supposed to say, but I didn't. I messed it up, but that's all right because it doesn't matter. They ain't do it to me. But then again, then again, maybe they didn't come up there and say nothing to you because in their mind, they had the confidence to know that they didn't have to say anything to you because they knew, they knew 
If anybody's got it, this boy E's got it. E got it. We can go in the back and ain't nothing going to come in this store that he can't do. Because he's just got it. And that, my friends, is when you realize that you are something special. Now, how do you capitalize on that special? What do you do to push yourself to the next level with that special? Well, it goes back to earlier. Finding that niche, that thing that's in you, finding your identity. Because once you have all of the it qualities, if you don't have the niche, the thing that's pushing you, that's driving you, that that you have to do in order to be successful in this life. If you don't have that one thing, well, then I sat at Pizza Hut and literally ran the store. But there was nothing else that I saw in life other than how do I make more money? Become a manager? Become a regional manager. Go around and drive the truck and say I'm thumb famous. Eventually... If it's just how do I be a best worker, I'm going to max out somewhere along the line. But finding that niche, comparing it to being the hardest worker in the place, learning how to draw, all of that, all of that comes in to you being a successful person. So I just hope that you think about this. As you're winding down your your workout right now, you're taking your towel to wipe that profuse sweat off of your body because you worked hard right now. I mean, you have worked hard and you're going to sit down and you're going to hit the bricks. And when you sit down and hit the bricks, you're going to think about everything we talked about today. And I hope that it lights a fire under you. To go home, get your pen and a paper, go get your whiteboard for all I care and start figuring this out. What do I got to do? How do I be a draw? And what is my niche that can make me a draw? Actually, you don't have to figure out how to be a draw. You just got to find your niche. Once you find that one thing, the rest becomes easy. Thanks for your time today. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Remember, I'm on Instagram at Eric Deshaun Barrett, on Facebook at Eric D. Barrett, Twitter at same, YouTube at Eric Barrett. Also on Periscope, we're going to start doing some things over there, too. So, you know, go ahead and uh, make yourself known to me on the para of the scoop. <sighs> I feel better for talking to you. I hope you feel better for listening. And until next time. When we shall do this again, for me and mine, unto you and yours.